Hello, everybody, and welcome along to episode number 88 of the Hunger for the Hustle podcast. I am joined by Katie Corbett today, who is joining me live from Wisconsin in America. Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. How are you? Doing well. Wonderful. I'm doing well too. And uh, episode number 88, which as a friend just pointed out to me beforehand, he said, well, that's a special episode for you. And I said, is it? And he said, yeah, 88 is the year that you were born. And I was like, of course, <laughs> is a special. every episode is a special episode, but I can mark this one as especially special. Perfect. Now, let me, let me give Katie uh, a good and fair introduction. Katie Corbett helps business owners and marketing professionals tell the success stories of their business to the happy customers. She does this through writing customer case studies and gathering impactful testimonials. Katie is totally blind and runs a successful business whilst living the freedom of the laptop lifestyle, something I do too, and it's great. She enjoys the freedom of being able to work with anyone, anywhere in the world, and never lets her blindness stop her from doing what she loves and enjoying many hobbies. When Katie isn't glued to a laptop, she is either wordsmithing, she can be found baking, reading young adult fantasy novels, stargazing, and road tripping with her husband. I think you, before we even get started, and I know I said this to you off camera, I'm going to say it to you on camera as well, I'm inspired by you straight away. The fact that you are blind and you just live life to the full, and frankly, some of the things that I see that you do here, I know people that aren't blind and they make plenty of excuses as to why they can't do them. So go you, Katie. Uh, you. I think it's awesome that you just do you and do life in spite of being blind. There's nothing else I'd rather be doing, so... Do what you love and love what yeah, you do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit, a bit of your story. I mean, for a start, one question I'd like to ask you is Have you always been blind? Were you blind since you were born? Or? Yes. yes. Um, I was born three months early, and the lights in the neonatal intensive care unit were very bright. And um, we aren't sure how my vision would have progressed anyway with being born so early, but. Um, I have always been blind and um, in a way, I mean, it's it's been a blessing because I have just, instead of needing to constantly adjust or change, I just had to find different ways of doing the things that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, and I guess, I mean, there's technology out there now that's probably coming quicker all the time that makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have software on my computer that reads the screen to me. So um, uh -huh. one of the many reasons that I picked writing um, is that I can I can do it. You know, it's it doesn't it just requires Microsoft Word and my screen reading software and a computer, and um, I can uh, I can create wonderful stories for people and make an impact that way. That's it. That's what you got to do. Make an impact, right? And that's uh, that's your way of doing it. So, how did you come up with the idea for for the business, and and how did you get started? Yeah. So, I studied journalism in college, and I had been writing on and off for several years since then. And I decided I wanted to freelance more seriously. I had done some freelance projects here and there, and I thought, you know that. I want to work from anywhere and be able to 
um, continue to write. So I took, I picked up a book um, that had a bunch of different writing ideas in it and flipped through and num you know wrote down all the ones that sounded interesting and started to research them. And when I came across case studies, I thought, well, that is really great because I love people. I love interviewing. So it's kind of fun to be on the other side of the, <laughs> of the interview tonight here. Um, and I also love celebrating success. I think a lot of people do not take the time to stop and celebrate their successes because they are so busy trying to get to the next success. And I, uh, the more I researched case studies and the more I, you know, when I actually wrote one, um, it felt really positive, really natural to me. And the other thing I love about case studies is it's marketing. And as a journalist, marketing seemed like kind of a dirty word because <laughs> I wanted the news, you know, I wanted something factual, but with a customer case study, you're telling the story of someone, a real person who used a product or service. So that just blew me away that I could do marketing in a way that felt really authentic and real and true. Um, and that it, it was, it was pretty much, you know, that was it from there so yeah and then how long ago was that when you started um well i discovered case studies in i believe it was july of 2019 researched it a bit took a class started prospecting in april of 2020 um so you know in the in the throes of a pandemic i started my yeah. business and yeah, and um, got my first client about 12 weeks later. Well, uh, I would say 10 weeks later, yeah. and it's it's been it's been great ever since. Just continue to grow. Do you know it, it? It seems to be a theme of people I'm speaking to lately. A lot of people actually started a business inside the pandemic because the world didn't stop; it just slowed yeah. down. And in fact, there were many businesses that were excelling. Anything that was anything to do with online was growing massively. And people forget that there's a huge amount of businesses that support making that happen. Transport, haulage, freight, manufacturing, packaging, to name just a few. You know, these are all businesses that would have grown exponentially. And of course, I guess you kind of seized an opportunity there actually in a funny kind of way, because if people are buying products online or services and or then they're going to want to see solid reviews and testimonials oh, yeah. uh, and in the longer tail of course case mm -hmm. studies and that's exactly yes. what you supply so actually a great time to start a business like that yeah definitely and you know it's funny because i i wasn't planning um when when the pandemic hit and i left i i started working my day job remotely i thought this is it you know i'm i'm living the I'm, I'm working remotely and then i realized that my freelance dreams you know i i had been planning to launch in april whether the pandemic was there or not because that was the time that made sense to me and you know it just it worked out perfectly and you know i i thought about it for just a few seconds. I was like, well, there is a pandemic going on. And I was like, no, like, I'm not gonna stop my dreams just because of a pandemic. So, no. <laughs> so it, uh, and it, it it's very, um, case studies are a very 
popular thing right now because like you said the in-person aspect of business it, it's it's lessened you know even even doing calls virtually versus the in-person sales calls that people used to do the case study puts more of a human face onto the product or service so it can personalize the virtual sales experience yeah i totally agree and i think look you could read you know 10 20 30 short reviews mm -hmm. but the reality is anyone could really get someone to kind of make them up for them very quickly or, or you know pay someone to do that i'm not saying that you know all reviews that you read aren't genuine but i'm just saying they're very short they're very sharp yeah. and they're not very detailed whereas mm -hmm. with the case study of course there's a lot more back-end work gone into that you know it's usually focusing around if not one perhaps a group of people that have used a product service or you know had an interaction with someone um for for a service they supply you know i'm thinking and when i say that i'm thinking like doctors and dentists and stuff like that and it's you know it's a complete article so which is written by someone like yourself as um, an external person and uh, who's who's gone in and looked at you know what worked with this and, and and being honest as well you know because it's important i find in, in testimonials to be completely transparent and say actually this didn't work for me with, yeah. with this particular product and i think people appreciate that more because they're like okay this is actually honest and truthful and they've said look it's a great product but these are the limitations here's mm -hmm. where it didn't quite work for me and i think in a space where we're constantly getting um almost abashed with ads and buy this and buy that and you type one thing in and you're constantly giving ads for forever um, yeah. on stuff that's supposedly related to it people want to see that genuine authenticness behind the business and uh, i think they're quite hungry for it definitely yeah especially if if it's a higher ticket item and they know they're going to be investing they want to make sure that the investment is going to serve them for a long time and um, the other thing too about case studies where they differ from a testimonial at least how I write them is you know I include I include quotes yes but I also include data and numbers and statistics whenever I can and you know tell speak to different types of people because there's words people and then there's numbers people and the numbers people want to see the numbers and the words people want to hear the nice you know story and so it um it can be a great way to reach a fuller audience too yes yeah so tell me how would you go go about putting a case study together what's the kind of method to, to people watching because i would have no idea and i reckon the folks watching wouldn't either Sure, so I first talk with every new client for about an hour and I send them the questions ahead of time so they can prepare and I ask them all about their business, what their goals are, who their target customer is and what they are hoping to do with the finalized case study and I'm happy to give suggestions on that, you know, customized to the specific business. And then I send the questions that I plan to ask their customer to them so they can review them and tell me, oh, ask this one or, hey, you know, maybe don't focus so much on this one. Um, you know, oh, definitely, you know, include this question that wasn't on your list. I really want to know that. And then I schedule the interview with the ideal customer. Um, and that uh, I send the questions to them in advance as well so they can read them and prepare. 
And then we spend about 45 minutes to an hour just talking about their story and how, what challenge they were facing that led them to this product or service and why they chose that particular product or service and what the experience was like working with the product or service provider. And then of course the results. Um, and then I write it all up and I also have my customer case studies professionally proofread because I, um, I like to add that extra layer of accuracy. And then I send it to my client for their feedback and um, edits. And then once I've incorporated those, I send it to their customer for their feedback and edits. So that way they can make clarifications. They can see what's being written about them before anything is published anywhere. Um, yeah, and then um, I send it to I send it back to my client for their final. Usually, it's the final approval by that point. But I'm happy to do, to do another round of edits if need be. Um, and then I send a copy to the customer as a courtesy, like, "Hey, this is done. Here you go." You know, just because uh, it features them. You know, it features the customer too. So, um, and then if my client wants to, they can work with a graphic designer to get it gra uh, graphic designed. I know graphic designers that I regularly contract with. So if someone wanted to get it graphic designed, but they didn't have anyone in mind, I could help them with that process as well. Yeah. It takes about a month from start to finish. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, you just explained that that's, you know, and it would leave, take someone to leave a review 30 seconds, really, yeah. once they found the podcast to leave it. So and it might not even be good. Sorry? Yeah. It, it might not even be a nice detailed review either. It might be like, that was awesome and that's it. That's all you get. Yeah, that was an awesome smiley face. And you're yeah. like, that, that's cool, but doesn't tell me anything about this product that I'm about to buy, which could be a thousand dollars, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So, and then, you know, it's a relatively new business, I suppose. You know, you're coming up to kind of 10 months in, in the game, but have you had many challenges that you've come up against yet? And if so, how did you get over them? Um, I think my biggest challenge was to figure out how to market myself in a way that felt personable and authentic to me because mm -hmm. I saw a lot of online business people talking about email lists and lead magnets and it just it, it I might get to a point in my business where I where that feels right and I'm ready to do it but for right now I really like to do the personal re reach outs the you know Zoom calls with people, um, connection requests on LinkedIn are a big thing for me. Uh, I really like to keep it personal because it's all about people. People see people who have used a product or service and they choose to buy from a company which is run by another person. And so I like to just keep the process of my marketing really people-centered. I think that's a great way to look at it, especially if you know you are a people's person at the end of the day. So why not market to people as a person, not mm -hmm. a machine? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like I it's almost kind of ties back to what I said earlier. You know, we're constantly being barraded with emails. You know, most of them end up in the junk folder anyway. Yeah. Um, much better if you can actually, and especially LinkedIn is fantastic for that. And mm -hmm. uh, this is really only from what I hear. I have really only limited, very limited first-hand experience with LinkedIn. But, you know, the mm -hmm. way that you connect people, on on that platform and they know that it's strictly business and expand your networks via via that that method it's it seems like a i mean do you do do you do you do, do you network a lot via linkedin 
I do. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I join LinkedIn groups. Um, I actually got my first paying client through LinkedIn. I didn't know him at all before we started talking about case studies. Um, and usually when I meet someone else outside of LinkedIn, like at a networking event or um, on, you know, Facebook has plenty of entrepreneurial groups too. I, <laughs> I look for them on LinkedIn because um, I just really have found it to be where my people are at. Um, and then I, you know, on my LinkedIn, I also post updates every week. Just one, because I don't want to inundate people, but you know, I share tips and tricks and in, in the event that you might want to gather your own testimonials or create your own customer case studies. Um, and so I like to share tips and ideas with people so that they can do it themselves if they want to. Yeah, that's the great thing to do, right? You know, it's a journey at the end of the day. Business and entrepreneurship is a journey. And if you can share that journey via documenting it, and capturing it along the way and it might help some other people while you're doing it then why not that's only going to grow your networks grow your following and in turn grow your business yeah absolutely have you ever read any of um gary vaynerchuk's books i have one on my reading list um crushing it right he wrote that right yeah so yeah. i did it backwards i read crush it no i read crushing it before crush it so i read the second oh. one before the first one which is okay. just, just the kind of thing I would do. But uh, I found it a fantastic book. I, I listened to it on the audio, actually, on a, mm. on a drive. I guess how is it you, you listen to, obviously, you listen to audio books, right? I do, Braille. yes. Yes, I listen to audio books. I have a Braille display, um, and I can put books electronically on that. But most of the time, you know, I'm doing chores or I just yeah. want to sit and I listen to audio books. They're awesome. Yeah, they are awesome. I love it when, and that's something that Gary Vaynerchuk did, when the author reads yes. the book. I yes. think like when it's okay when they get someone else to read it, but it, it seems a bit sometimes superficial to me. Um, mm -hmm. You just get more impact when they read it because mm -hmm. it's written in their voice and it should be spoken in their voice, I think. And, uh, yeah, there's a book that I'm working on where there's going to be actually many authors involved in the book. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and they're all going to be reading their own chapter in the audio version. Oh, so how cool. Be, yeah, and I'd be very excited. There's 33 different authors. Oh, keep me posted on that one. I definitely, definitely fact, want to check that out. I'll keep that, keep, keep that note in mind because I'll talk to you about that off camera afterwards, actually. Okay. Um, to work together there. Now, tell me about a big win or triumph for your, for your business. You know, a moment that really stuck out to you and thought, this is what I should be doing and I'm loving doing it. Mm. Um, I think for me, it was when I got that first client. Uh, you know, when I had the check in my hand and we were getting ready to work on our first case study together um, because, you know, I had been reaching out to people for about 10 weeks and following up with people. Um, and he was the first one who was like, yeah, let's do this. It makes sense. And that was kind of when it really clicked for me. And I was like, wow, like that, it just, the whole process felt good. You know, he didn't start working on the case study until he was ready. And that's what I want. I, no one should be rushing into a case study because um, it's too important. And so just holding that check in my hand, I was like, I am literally in business. <laughs> it was a wonderful feeling. Quite literally, yeah. Quite literally. 
and it's a yeah. snowball effect, right? It, it, you yes. know, you yep. get one job and you do a good job, it leads to another. Mm -hmm. Of course, you have to accept the fact that it's also a roller coaster. There's going to be ups and downs, and it's about just holding on tight and riding that roller coaster. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, nothing like that. Um, and it, it's funny. It's something I've said to other people, and I've never done it myself, and I wish I had. I don't know if you have you ever seen in someone's house where they have like a dollar bill in a frame. Oh, yeah. And they're like, "This is the first dollar I earned from this oh. business." Now, the thing is, with yeah. nowadays, it's digital, right? So it's mm -hmm. like I've got to send the money to my bank and get the money, out, and then I've got to transfer. I've got to get ten dollar bills. It's like it's not something that re it doesn't really happen now in the real world. But I've yeah. always said love to do that um, and have it as like or at least you know I guess the modern day equivalent is like getting a certificate of your business registration on the wall mm -hmm. yeah but I always find something quite nostalgic about framing that first dollar that you've earned, mm -hmm. earned the money from absolutely now the word hustle it obviously features in the title of this show the hunger for the hustle and uh, mm -hmm. I like to define the word hustle as going out there and getting it despite the circumstance despite the environment despite any excuses that your brain might try to make for you just pushing forward and getting what you want to get but i'd love to know katie you know you're someone who i find you know quite quite admirable and very interesting that you haven't let the fact that you're blind stop you in any way you know you live um what, I don't want to use the word normal because what does normal mean? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Interesting and colourful life, you know, baking, reading, stargazing, going road tripping with your husband. I love going road tripping. It's fantastic. Mm. Not with my husband because I don't have one, but <laughs> I like going road tripping all the same. And I think that it shows some hustle within you there, particularly anyone who's got the hustle who goes forth and starts their own business. But I'd love to know how you define that word hustle and what drives your hunger for it. For me, hustle, and this comes back to, you know, growing up, I was the oldest of six kids. And when there are six kids, you have to move really fast and you have to talk kind of loud and you have to keep up with everybody. And it's like, hurry, come on, come on. And so for me, the hustle means do it, just act, like just do it, do it quickly, you know, not recklessly if you can help it, but, you know, just get like you were saying like get out there and do it but do it quickly like what what are you waiting for what are you standing around for just do it yeah exactly right yeah just <laughs> you know i think sometimes when something new comes up we're tempted to hold back a little bit and wait around because we don't have all quite all the information mm -hmm. around to make a good decision which is good and fair, but I think sometimes you can let that just turn into full-blown fear and then yeah. you're paralyzed by it and you don't make decisions. And sometimes while you're not making decisions, other people around you are making their decisions and then you're just left with the scraps, with the bad decisions. Mm -hmm. So you've got to take action and you've got to take action quickly. I totally agree with you on that. Now, it's, it's quite new for your business and quite fresh, of course, but if you had to start your business all over again tomorrow is there anything you would do particularly differently um well i think i would have started appearing on podcasts a lot sooner because this has been a really wonderful experience this is my inaugural podcast appearance everybody so um <laughs> yeah so i think you know i i will admit i was a little nervous um coming into the conversation but it's just like i said it's you know for anyone else who 
might want to appear on a podcast too. Like it's just, we're just people. We're just talking to people and talking to each other. So I think that's the only thing I would have started doing that stuff a lot sooner. Yeah, well, I think you came across completely, you have come across completely professionally. I had no idea where you, you were nervous at all. Some people tell me they're nervous, but people don't. And I always say to people, I say, look, 40 minutes to 60 minutes of your life is about to go by. And at the end of it, all you're going to wonder is why you were nervous at all. Yeah. So it's going to go by anyway, so you might as well enjoy it and yeah. get, get through it right. And hopefully, you know, in the conversation that me and you have had today, someone else might watch this who thinks, do you know what? I actually, I actually love writing and I could make a business of that. Or Absolutely. they just take some kind of value from some piece of the conversation that we've had. And that, for me, is mission complete. And I'm sure it would be for you as well, Kater. Mm-hmm, definitely. Mm. Yeah. I know. I mean, I, I've been inspired by so I've been inspired by so many fellow business owners. So, mm. you know, if I can inspire just one person to go after their dreams, I mean, that would be it's incredible. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why we're here. That's exactly why we're here. So if you, um, and, and, you know, talking about dreams, inspiring dreams, what are some of your goals and dreams and aspirations for the future of your business? Hmm. Well, um, my, (laughs) yeah, well, a big, a big personal dream of mine is to travel more. I mean, you know, we all started working remotely, but it was because of a pandemic. So as soon as the pandemic's over, I have a list of, (laughs) of places that I will be able to go now because I can, uh, I'm not, I'm not, uh, working in an office environment anymore. So that's, I can't wait. That's really exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm honestly, it's funny because I'm such a goal oriented person, but I'm a very much of a, you know, what goals are achievable and, you know, somewhat, you know, reasonable. Um, I know that there's lots of people who are like, oh, set unreasonable goals and just go for it. But like for me, um, I, I think, you know, I, I'm taking it one day, one week at a time. And my goal is to continue to be consistent throughout the rest of the time that I'm running my business, which is hopefully a really, really long time because I'm I'm loving it. So to to remain consistently available for people and to keep writing, I mean, if I could continue to do those things for the rest of my life, that would be great. Well, there's nothing, you know, it's like Henry Ford says, whether you say you can or you can't, you're right either way. Mm-hmm. And it, so that's where it all comes from, the garden of your mind. You plant the seeds. Some of them witter away and die because you don't spend any further time on the seeds. You've planted the thought. But other thoughts we have, we nurture, we water, we feed. And before we know it, they've grown into a big, beautiful tree that bears big, beautiful fruits. And mm-hmm. uh, really, I see you as someone who thoroughly enjoys what you do. I can see it when you talk about it. It makes you smile. And I think just that energy, you know, I was talking to someone else, Brenner, a guy called Brenner, who I had on the podcast earlier, and he's worked in events for over 20 years. And we were just saying that, you know, if you do what you love and you love what you do, number one, you're so blessed to have even found that. Some people go the whole world not trying enough things to be able to find out what they actually love doing. And I think that's a really sad thing, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just two, smiled when you said that. Sorry, that was uh, – <laughs> anyway – I think it's 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 uh, 
it's a beautiful thing that you found doing what you love and in fact the the thing that you do actually really helps other people as well mm -hmm. in more than one way because it helps of course anyone that's selling the product or service that you do your case study for but it helps the potential customer the buyer of offset product and you know in this marketplace we're in where everything is fast and everything is now it's yeah. like well you know how am i meant to differentiate between these things mm -hmm. and you know the last thing you want to do is buy something and it happens we've all been there right you know everyone's watching can relate to this one you buy something on the internet it looks fantastic and then you get it and you're like this isn't what the pictures look like at all yeah. it's like it's either three times smaller or ten times bigger and that is a pain in the ass. You have to send it back. You know, you've got yeah. to get a refund and all that annoying yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So, I'm try and avoid that if we can. Same. Yes. Now, leads me to my final final question, and I know you're excited to answer this one, Katie. <laughs> Three hot tips and a book recommendation for anyone wanting to start their own business. Okay, I'm going to talk about the book first because it's it started me on my entrepreneurial journey. Uh, it is The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. Now, I've not, you know, systematized and delegated my whole lifestyle out to anyone else yet. But what that book did for me, um, particularly in the fear setting sections and the goal setting sections that he has, it showed me what was possible. And, you know, I read that book back in 2015, and I had so much energy from that book that I had to go skydiving. One of my friends was like, let's go skydiving. I'm like, yes, I've just read this incredible book. I need to do something with all the energy that I have. So we went skydiving. Um, <laughs> so definitely um, check it out. I, I flip through it once every quarter and there's always something that has stuck out to me. Um, now the three hot tips. Um, tip number one, if you have an idea, try it. And if you can't, try it per se, like let's say, for example, it's a product you want to invent or something like that. Talk to a few people about it and ask them, if I made, if I made this, would you buy it? That's like the number one question that you want to ask people when, when you're talking to them about something you want to do. Uh, so yeah, try it. Um, tip number two would be to make write down as much as you can, like make lists. I'm a big believer in lists, or it could be, you know, pictures, or it could be a recording. It can be in any way that you want it to be, but just get it out of your head and get it onto somewhere else so that you can use that space to really dream and brainstorm and build your business. And the third thing is surround yourself with awesome people. And by awesome people, I mean, successful, you know, people who see, who seem successful to you, um, people who are living the type of lives that you want to live, um, because you will become who you hang out with. You know, you, you will become a composite of the five people you spend the most time with. And if you spend time with people who are downers and complainers and excuse makers and negative, Unfortunately, that stuff is going to seep into your mind and seep into your life. But if you spend time with people who are happy and upbeat 
And, you know, they recognize that their lives are not perfect and they're not afraid to talk about it and be vulnerable, but they're also not afraid to talk about their successes and they want to bring others along for the ride. Then you will become that type of person as well. I think that's a beautiful way to put it and just a really nice note to end on. I'm going to share your, um, your links for, um, <clears throat> excuse me, your business, Kay Corbett Communication. Thank uh, you. Link in the comments there. But do yeah. you just want to tell the folks who's listening um, where the best place to find you online is? Yeah, yeah. Just connect on, connect on with me on LinkedIn. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn and mention that you heard me on the Hunger for the Hustle and then I will, I will know where you found me. That's the best place right now. Brilliant. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Katie. I've really enjoyed talking to you. I'm inspired by you. And I'm going to watch back because that last thing you said about surrounding yourself with awesome people is just sage advice. Folks, thanks for listening, whether you're watching this on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or Instagram, or even Spotify whilst you're driving the car or doing the dishes. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate every single person that listens to the show. Please give it a like. Please give it a subscribe. Please give it a share. If you know someone else that may just get some value from this episode, because sharing, of course, is caring. It's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from Katie. Thanks, everybody. Stay hungry and keep hustling. Thank you. Thanks.